You know what? Why don't you welcome them today? Okay. Go ahead. We're recording. Well, so oh, we can start from here. <laughs> yeah, we're all we're already recording. No, like we were recording when I told you to welcome them. <laughs> Are we leaving this part in? Why not? Okay. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> it's Shakespeare, you dick. We are your hosts. I am Lisa Ann Goldsmith. And I am Owen Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome yeah. to 2024, y'all. Yeah, that's right. Happy New Year, listeners. Yeah. This it's... is our this is our first recording of 2024. Can you believe it? It's it... almost four years since we started this craziness. Y'all, this is episode 97. You know, we really have to do something special for episode 100. Yes. Well, I'm I'm hoping for a very special thing, but I don't want to tease it too much. We'll see if that happens. Wouldn't that be awesome, though? It would, would be awesome. awesome. Uh, yeah, we can't tell you. That's right. You'll just have to tune back in to find out. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, why don't you tell them what our topic is today? Oh, well, today we're we're talking. We're calling it favorite Shakespeare, right? Uh, this right. is a very. It's actually, I think, uh, for me anyway, this is one of our harder episodes. So hard. Uh, yeah, because we decide, you know, we've been talking about all the character types in Shakespeare. and Obviously, we talk about the characters in Shakespeare all the time. That's what we're here for. But we decided to try to God. pick a list of our favorite characters in Shakespeare, our favorite <sighs> characters. And, you know, that can be a lot of it doesn't necessarily mean characters that we think are the best characters in Shakespeare, right? It doesn't necessarily mean people that we think are really great people and we've done that like characters that we find really interesting for some reason compelling yeah compelling characters that that speak to us right right? as an actor as a director as uh an intellect you know as a a historian whatever uh for me uh, for me i kind of was because you know it's a very different thing to think about like favorite like characters that that's why i was asking yeah that you would want to play or characters that you would want to work on in one way or another i tended to think of it as just as a consumer of Shakespeare, as a lover of Shakespeare, who are the characters? Yeah. Although I, I will say there's a uh, there's a couple on my list that I've that I've played. Um, yeah. Mine too. I'm sure the same is true for you. Yeah. But I wasn't thinking it from from like an actor or a director's point of view, or with an actor or director's head, mostly just as somebody that you know loves Shakespeare and like who who are these who the, who are the characters and why do I why am I compelled by them? That's right. So why don't you start? I'll bet we have some of the same ones. I'm sure we do. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure we must. And I and you know what? I, I'm I also I, I tried. I really tried to like find there. There are some really small characters in Shakespeare that I, I'm really fond of. I just they couldn't crack quite crack my top 10 list. I mean, a perfect example of that. And and I'm sure you have a bunch, too. And we'll get to these, you know, a, t- a tiny character who always really interests me uh is the apothecary in romeo and juliet absolutely it's a one scene party has almost no lines but it, it he's like this penurious right like down on his luck guy that has poison that he sells and it's like i want there to be a play about that about guy. that guy yeah you know what i, I mean and on the same vein, another tiny character that I just love because he always makes me laugh is Sir Oliver Martext. <laughs> As you right. like it. He's well, like, hilarious. You know, the canon, it, well, like, you know, I love William. 
Yes, in, in absolutely. That Although that's a good segue because my number 10 yeah. is actually Celia from As You Like It. I did not I did not order them. So I just so you know. Okay, I did I not. mean I did but it's it obviously it's you know when I when I ordered them it's a very loose and subjective order, right? Yeah. I mean I, I had to pick 10 people. It was really hard. And and honestly, you know, I mean, you could say why Celia, not Rosalind. And well, I, think, I did say Rosalind, actually. I, 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 I went with Celia and I think that I am just that influenced by that uh, performance yes! that we saw last year by Rose's performance as Celia. She was so I mean, now that was the production that we've gone on and on and on about that we just loved so much in London. And it, it was such a great performance by, by uh, you know, that fabulous uh, hearing impaired actress. And it was yes. just it was a revelation about that character. And I hadn't I hadn't realized, I don't think or hadn't fully appreciated anyway, the you know, the spine of steel that Celia has. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but it but it, there was something about Rose Eiling Ellis. That was her name. Mm-hmm. You know, I also thought about that because I was really thinking about Celia, Celia, and I was like, I think it's because of Rose Eiling's Ellis Ellis's performance. Because how many times had you seen As You Like It before that, and were never? I don't think I was ever struck by how complicated that character is until that performance. And maybe it was because there was a disability. I don't know. And this is taking nothing away from, and I, I misremember her name, the actress who played Rosalind, who was brilliant. Yes, who I, who I do have on my list because, you know, I've seen Rosalinds that I thought were better than others. I've seen some Rosalinds I thought were terrible, but it's just it's just such a great role. It's just, it is a great you know, role. It's just such a great role. Um, and I it's was like also... every girl's dream role, I think. I was trying to go a little bit away from like, I mean, uh, I, I couldn't do it entirely, but I I tried to avoid some of the more obvious, like the more title-y characters. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I couldn't I, I couldn't avoid the more obvious choices in every every event. But when I thought it when I thought of As You Like It, obviously Rosalind is an amazing character. But yeah. these days, having seen that production and that performance, I'm just more when I think of that play, I think of fucking Celia. I know. And so. you know, what's so sad to me. I know that the next there is a it, I won't say definitive, but I know that there is a huge chance that the next time I see a production of As You Like It, I'm going to be disappointed in the Celia. I, I, I think. I, I imagine that the next time I see As You Like It, I'll be just disappointed in the whole fucking thing. Yeah, that's because, true. Because, <laughs> I mean, you that know, as we have show. often discussed, I have I have never been the biggest fan of As You Like It. I've seen it a million times. I've never been involved with it professionally. I only know it as a consumer. But I've never loved it until that production. And so mm. I I would be pretty surprised if I ever see another production of As You Like It that I like half as much for the rest of my life. Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, I was in As You Like It, and I still had a whole new take on the play by yep. seeing that production. That was amazing. Anyway, so, so we both have a character from As You Like It, probably as a result of having seen Josie's production, which was just brilliant, spectacular. Um. um so who's your who? So you don't have them in order. Who's I your don't next have them person? in order. So the the first person I thought of is Aaron the Moore and Titus Andronicus, and it's just because he says some of the craziest shit. I mean, he makes the best mom joke ever when Chiron says, "Thou hast undone our mother," and Aaron says, "Villain, I have done thy mother." I mean, we've talked about that before, but it's just 
It's so great, you know. You know? It's, it's so funny. Great minds, or at least in your case, great minds think alike, because Aaron came this close to making my list. I gave serious consideration to Aaron, and I didn't go there just because I, I'm so on the record as hating that play, which is true. But it is also true that Aaron is an outrageous, outrageous oh character. Oh, my God. He says, Lucia says, art, art thou not sorry for these heinous deeds? And Aaron says, I, that I had not done a thousand more. And then the thing he sends at the end, uh, which, oh, and you repeat all the time. Oh, why should wrath be mute and fury dumb? I am no baby. I, that with base prayers, I should repent the evils I have done. 10,000 worse than ever yet I did would I perform, if I might have my will. If one good deed in all my life I did, I do repent it from my very from soul. From my very soul. Jesus! <laughs> well, it's so, I mean, he's so over the top and so, you know, shameless. And uh, so what I ended up doing was I, I didn't put Aaron on the list, even though I thought about it a lot. And I ended up sort of in his place, a little higher up on the list. I had him at number five. Not that it really matters. Uh, but I had I, I, I went with Richard III instead of Aaron because in many ways they're kind of the same person. Uh, and not only are they this kind of the same person, they're kind of the same person as Barabbas from uh, the title character in The Jew of Malta by Christopher Marlowe. That's true. And I, I as well have Richard III on my list. And I just wrote Cassie's Dick Three. <laughs> right. I mean, well, I mean, he's he's him. everything he's everything that Aaron the Moor is. And 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 if you'll pardon the pun and more. Right. I mean, he's and, but he, fleshed out. And fleshed out, and even though it's still a fairly crude play, it's a much, much better play than Titus Andronicus. And Richard is given not a whole lot of nuance, but but a little more nuance than than Aaron. It's <laughs> a little lot more of fun a, shit, <laughs> and a lot of fun. And he's also hilarious. Both of them are hilarious. Yes. Oh my god. And, and so I, I, the, and it's funny. I started to think about it too, and we'll discover this as we go down the list. Obviously, there are repeated character types in in Shakespeare, but of course there are there are some there are some people that are kind of surprisingly the same person, and and Aaron and Richard fall in that category for me. But Richard is even funnier than Aaron, a little more believable, and also he's deformed. So I mean, I that, just think he's better. That's written. really fun. He's yeah. way better written. Yeah. Listen, I've said I've said this before, but uh, I remember being maybe fourteen years old. Sitting in in my, you know, the house where I grew up, my parents were away, probably doing a show. I was in the house by myself. This is before there were, oh boy, am I dating myself? This is before there were even like VHS recorders, right? <laughs> so you just had to watch what was on TV. And, and, and what was on TV, what I found on Channel 13, just starting, just luck of the draw, was the Olivier Richard III. And like I, within like 10 minutes, I just was so wrapped. I was like, I thought I had found God. And in a way I was correct. Um, it's just so, I mean, Richard is, he's, he's so evil and he has so much fun. My God. Yeah. And it's, it's so anyway, he, I, I didn't want to go with Aaron and Richard. So Richard was my, my, when I was going to go with Aaron, I went with Richard instead. Well, I mean, I took them both because I just think they're both so amusing. And so brightly colored, as it were, you know. Irresistible, right? Yeah, like Bugs yeah. Bunny, which I've said a million times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so I also picked 
um, Paulina from Winter's Tale. <laughs> so did I. Because <laughs> she's a fucking badass. Yeah. I mean, is. just the things she says and the way she says them and the, and the things she manages to accomplish. I just, I think she's awesome. And and now when I think of it, I think of that uh, streamed production from London a few years ago that I saw with Judy Dench as Paulina. Oh, I need to see that. I've never seen oh, that. Oh, you absolutely. Wait, need so wait to a minute. So Judy Dench is Paulina. Who in hell what first of all, when was this done? And who is Hermione and who is Leontes? Oh, hold on. It was streamed, so like I had to go to a theater. But I mean, was Judy Dench is a, I mean, I would assume this is some time ago because Judy not, Dench is a little old no, for Paulina. Not not that long. It was like hold on. Mm-hmm. Uh 2015 wow okay well i mean uh, that's the thing these days i don't think paulina is 80 years old but uh all right well kenneth brana was leontes all right listeners we'll be right back we're going to take a short break did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear how can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast audio branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. Well, but Kenneth, yeah, I mean, in 2015, Kenneth Brennan was like 50 yeah. or so. Jesse Buckley was Perdita. Who was um, Hermione? Hermione was, yeah, so it was 2015. Uh, Maria Raison. I don't know. I don't is. know her. Michael Pennington is Antigonus. Don Daglish is an autolycus. Hmm. Uh, did big... Brennan direct it? Probably. Yeah, he did. Anyway, Paulina is a badass. And you know what? I om- I thought about putting Amelia on this list. I did put Amelia on this list. <laughs> because, again, Amelia and Paulina are essentially the same person. Yes, but the problem with Amelia, Amelia has a fatal flaw. She has a tragic flaw. And that is that she still, for whatever fucking reason, she still, she loves, loves Iago. Yeah. yeah. Until that the is her. That is her tragic flaw. Well, it's but that's also not... why she's a badass, because even with that, she finally has to fucking call him out. Right. And Paulina, Paulina is just, I mean, Amelia's in the better play, but Paulina's a better part. Definitely. Definitely. And and uh, just doesn't have a doesn't have that major tragic flaw. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, she does. I mean, because that play is so bizarre. She she does pull off a very strange feat in hiding Hermione for sixteen years. And That's what I mean. Like, how did she disguise, do that? <laughs> disguising her as a statue? It's all it's all very peculiar. But um, yeah, I mean, I love Paulina. I love Amelia too. But I again, sort of like Richard and, and Aaron, they're so similar that I I I only wanted to put one on the list. See, that's interesting. Um, I don't think they're similar because of that tragic flaw. Well, I think that distinguishes them, but I think in other ways they they're are both, they are yeah. very very similar, very similar. They're, they're both badass women, no question about it. Yeah. Mariah's kind of in that 
that school of thought as well. Although I don't think it's bit. really as good a character. Did she make your list? Nope. No, me neither. No. Um, so who's next for you? Well, again, not in order, but the next person I have on my list is Lady Mac because I mean, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Just an amazing oh, yeah. character to play. And it's so, there's just so much going on and you know, to be able to understand slash direct slash act the sleepwalking scene is it's just amazing. Yeah. Well, well I, I cannot. She uh, no one from that play made my mm. list, but I cannot I cannot argue with that. And I couldn't argue if it were if her husband were on that list either. Obviously, if they're they're pretty fascinating. I wanted um, to, I wanted to put one or the other as since I've played both. Mm-hmm. No, I, I I don't blame you a, a yeah. lick. Um, so the next person on my list is a, a, a little not on the nose, but I just love this guy. Um, Kent from Lear. Oh, totally. Absolutely. What a great even the, What a great even, human being. He's a great, he really is. And, and also badass. Yes, totally badass. Absolutely badass. Absolutely loyal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I think he does make a bit of a mistake at the beginning by not saying to Cordelia, shh, shh, yeah, come over t- here. Right. Take it down 20%. <laughs> yeah. Um, 20%. <laughs> but he, but having, having done that, I mean, there's no, there's no, I mean, as, as has been said by many people, he is the the moral center of that great, great play. And he's just, I mean, he's the, the fact that, He's going he's going to either kill himself at the end of the play or just die. We That's don't right. know which. That's right. Because because Lear is dead and there's no reason for him to be in the world anymore. That's right. I mean, it doesn't get more loyal than that. No, I totally agree with you. Kent is a wonderful character. I have a, I have a journey, sir, shortly to go. My master calls me. I must not say no. Yeah, I mean, my God. It's one of the most heartbreaking last lines that anybody ever has. Yeah. So, I agree. Uh, you know, and and how you know how he is with Oswald. He's so you know. I I just love that guy. Yeah, that's he. I didn't even think about that. That's that's wonderful. Well, I tried I to mean, think. Like, I mean, obviously, Kent isn't a minor character, but I tried to think of some characters who were. I mean, with I mean, he's there's not a lot of them for me that aren't leads. But right, like I'd love to play Regan or Goneril, but they're not making my list. So right. Um, the next person I have on my list is my list is Prince Hal. I mean, I just I love everything about him. I do desperately want to play him, but also I think that character is so interesting because of that journey from that you know fuck up young guy to being Henry V. You know, that's so you so amazing. so you so you're taking when you say Prince Hal, you mean like from soup to nuts, like Hal and Henry. Yes. Because to me, they're almost two different people. They are two different people. I mean, Hal. I'd like to play Henry too, but I mean Hal. In so you, like so, Henry the Fourth, Part One and Two. So, as distinct from from Henry the Fifth. Yes, although I would like um, to play Henry the Five. But. Yeah. but 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 as a see, hmm. the yeah, I mean, obviously, it's a he's a fascinating character. Are you saying that you that you really like him or? that you're just compelled by him or I'm, I am what? intrigued by him because he, to me, he's, he is a, a obviously it's a fascinating character and it, it's, it's, it's so interesting that some people 
only know some people only know Henry V. You know, I mean, right, which is because there are famous right, movies. Right. And I agree with you that they're almost different people. And it's that journey which really interests me. Yeah, it's fascinating. It's it's also, I mean, because and there are so many different ways of playing it, like that Henry V that we saw in London uh, last last year, we need to say now, um, oh God. which which was not the most successful production in the world. But it was an interesting attempt to sort of make him into a war criminal, you know, villainous sort of Mackers type. Yeah. Um, and and, really and I work. think that it did. No, it didn't. But I mean, but th I think that reading is is against what Shakespeare wrote, but it but it's not. But it's in there a bit. Right. There are aspects of Henry that are questionable. You know what I mean? Well, especially I mean, what especially what Hal does to Falstaff. Right. But aren't there aspects of every leader? I mean, I think the things that make you a good leader also lead to those kinds of flaws and mistakes. Yeah. But I mean, you could this is what I'm saying. Um, the way and I and I think it is I think it is Shakespeare's intent that <clears throat> Henry Henry by Henry V is a heroic figure yeah but you know if you look at the very end of henry four part two and the very beginning of henry the fifth what you get is a guy who monumentally fucks over falstaff in an unforgivable way immediately followed by a guy who gins up a like a flimsy ass pretext to go to war with france in which hundreds of thousands of people die Maybe not hundreds of thousands, but tens right? of thousands. Right. What, so, is, what is he thinking? So this is what I'm saying. Is Henry, I mean, and that's why he's a fascinating character. Yeah. You know, also, I mean, not to mention, I, I remember I had a brilliant professor once who made this point. Uh, the, the famous speech upon the king, right, in the mm -hmm. middle of the soliloquy after he's met with the people at the camp. And he's he's thinking a lot about the responsibilities of kingship and what it means and blah, blah, blah. And one reading of that is that he is seriously concerned with the the responsibility of leadership and what it means and, and the consequences and the accountability of it. But if you look at that text of that, of that, of that soliloquy, it can also be read as he's just doesn't want that responsibility at all upon the king. Right. I mean, it goes on and on. I won't quote it, but it, it, it it, it it in a way is a cop out. He's complaining. Yeah, but isn't about that it. interesting? Because if you think about how he's portrayed it in Henry the Fourth, Part One, that's not uh, that's not unreasonable. That's not an unreasonable conclusion. Well, he's. I mean, throughout the Henrys, he's obviously he announces his intentions early on uh, in that famous monologue. But you know, he is using Falstaff and company. Um, for a purpose that is, you know, and then he fucks them over, especially Falstaff. And then, um, you know, it's, 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 in, it, that's why it's, it's so, I think that's why it's done so much because there's so many ways of looking at it that, you know, the Laurence Olivier film is very rah, rah. Henry's mm -hmm. great. He's a war hero. He's a champion, blah, blah, blah. The Branna film is somewhat more nuanced than that. Agreed. Um, and, and there are, and there are, and that, production that not very successful production we saw goes the entire opposite like it's the x-ray of the olivier production yeah. right he's a villain yeah um so yeah so i mean henry d 
didn't make my list, but he's certainly a very interesting dude. Yeah. Who do you have next? Uh, I have Angelo from Measure for Measure next. Yeah, man. I've thought about Angelo. That's... Yeah. He's just... Well, he's so... I mean, obviously, he's one of... the, the less appealing characters is so what appeals so then be, what appeals to, to be you? sure well it's it's just the the what it's it's so compelling especially especially now to have a play about a politician who is trying to be one thing and is obviously obviously not what he appears to be and blah mm-hmm. blah blah mm-hmm. and is such a hypocrite um you know that play resonates in the me too era it re- i mean i think it's always going to resonate but it's i mean to to me there's kind of no more upsetting moment other than maybe what hal does to falstaff in the canon than that blistering <clears throat> speech that angelo has to, to isabella that, yeah that that ends you know what uh, as for you Whatever you say, my false are ways you're true. Well, I mean, uh, it's fucking it's I've so no, fucked up. Yeah. I mean, I've said this before, but it's just it's Kavanaugh in those hearings. That's what I always yeah, think it, about. I, I mean, it's 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 well, it's everyone who's ever been in that position in an office. somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it's so prescient and, and so awful. And, and the character, you know, I mean, because it's a quote unquote comedy, he gets away with it, right? I mean, <laughs> he doesn't I, really I pay. Um, no, he doesn't really pay. But uh, I mean, ugh. yeah. But he, but it's but but the the complexity with which Shakespeare writes him is so fascinating, and for all of the problems that that play presents with the with the denouement, those scenes, those two scenes between Angelo and Isabella are two of the greatest scenes ever written by anybody they are and they're hard to do well because there's yeah. so oh, much hard. going on very hard but uh, but angelo to me is just an ultimately compelling sleazy fucker oh yeah i can see that um uh, the next person on my list was cleopatra i mean and i wrote down i mean she's fucking cleopatra <laughs> so yeah i Again, Cleopatra came very close to making my list. It was just that that was me trying to avoid like title characters. If I got it. But she's just so fascinating. She is. Well, she's you know what? She's a star. She's a star. That's all. I mean, she's and and she's a diva. You know, I mean, I know she's temperamental to the point of craziness. She's, you know, self-absorbed. She's vain. But she's but ultimately you she's irresistible. Yes. She's like a she's like a rock star. She's like, mm-hmm. you know, a, yeah. Like who is a rock star that's known to be difficult? Oh, All like all of a, them? Yeah, right. No, like bet the role that Bette Midler played in the Rose. Oh, well, which was Janis Joplin, essentially. Right. Yeah, I mean oh. she's a but yeah, she's a she's a pampered yeah. diva rock star. That would be really and, interesting. And, a really interesting. Well, like you the kind of person that you hate, except that you can't. Right, because she's just sucks you in. Like the Peter O'Toole character in my favorite year. Totally. Just a star that everybody just makes allowances for, not only because she's queen, but because you just You, you have you, to. You have to love her. Yes. 
Yes. Yep, I agree. I agree. So my my next one uh, is very unlike Cleopatra. Um, although the the one thing they have in common is they're irresistible. It, it's Beatrice. Oh, yeah. Just because, be it, for my money, Beatrice might be like of everyone in all of Shakespeare, the person that I would want to know. Yeah, you know, I've never said this out loud, but I'm going to say it now because what the fuck, it's 2024 and mm, we might not have a life come November. But I don't like much ado about nothing as much as most people. Well, I know what you mean. I have I have a problem. I mean, the it's the only play really that the subplot is more important than the plot. Yeah. Um there are things about Much Ado that I I I I actually I think I like it more than you do. It's not one I mean, as you like it is the one that prior to seeing that production, I would have been like, huh? But Much Ado, it's just it's it's charming and it's fun, but it's really about Benedict and Beatrice, and it's really about Beatrice. Yeah. She's just she's she's like a you know. Unlike Cleopatra, she's not like an insane, temperamental, you know, larger than life person. She's just like this really. Yeah, well, she's not Catherine either. She's she's a really smart, really grounded, yeah. really funny, really good person. It's like it's it's one of the most it's one of the the more well-rounded naturalistic characters that Shakespeare ever wrote. I just find her to be. In, uh, very charming. Yeah, um, and I can see that. I think to be fair, I have not had a huge ton of experience with Much Ado. Like I haven't ever seen like great production of it. You know, I saw the Kenneth movie's Bonner pretty movie. good. It's the pretty movie's good. good. It's good. Yeah, I mean, I can and see Emma, that. And Emma Thompson is amazing. And I adore Emma Thompson in that movie. So I, so that's fair. Yeah, I just love Beaches. Yeah. Um, my I'm, next. Oh, I'm up I, to my my top three. Well, mine are not again. Mine are not right. numbered. So, but the next one I have on my list is Margaret. <laughs> my God, yeah, Queen yeah. Margaret. I mean, she's just. I think she's the most thorough of all the females because she's in so many plays, and she just the shit she says and the size of her balls, and yeah. not and not always in and not you know. And I'm not always saying she does the right thing, but. Well, you know, talk about taking the bull by the horn since torture and murder is not necessarily the right thing. I just agree with you. (laughs) Um, You know, I mean, now you're you're referring to Margaret throughout. Yes. Henry Six's and Richard the Third. Yes. Listen, she's um, again. It's sort of it's Aaron the Maury to me in that those plays are very crude. Even Richard III is better than some of the Henrys, but yeah. it, it's still not it's not prime time Shakespeare. Um, but yeah, she's out. She's she's kind of an outrageous villain. And what a then, great fucking character. It, it, it must be such a treat to play. I mean, I want to play her desperately. <laughs> it must be well, a real that's treat where to it play. comes from. Yeah. Although God knows I've seen it played horribly. Um, well, speaking. OK, so speaking of like. Fun, fun characters to play who do terrible things. Um, Iago yeah. has to make the list. Yeah, I mean, and he was so close to the top of minds. Or not? I mean, Iago. I mean, I I remember. I think it was 
and I hate to quote Harold Bloom, I really do. But Harold Bloom had his like list of like, I think it was the five greatest Shakespearean characters. And I believe for him, they were uh, Hamlet, Falstaff, Cleopatra, Iago, and Rosalind. Uh, uh, yeah, and, I see and it's, that. it's hard to argue with that list. It is. Um, and Iago is just, I mean, he, there is so much wrong with that person. There is so much wrong with him. Oh, my God. I mean, it's just the, the psychology of that person. And believe me, playing it is, I, I know I've talked about it. It, it, it it'll mess with you. Because um, it's not, he's not like, it's not the level of evil or it's a different level. It's it's not like Edmund and it's not like Big Mac. He's not trying to rule a kingdom or, you know, he's, he, he's just fucking people over. Yeah. And the, the thing I always think about Iago Horribly. as, 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 a, as compared to other villains ish um, is that there's something so there's like a cancerous something eating away at this guy that just, Oh yeah. Fuck other people. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's like the different. Uh, uh, I think the best, dif- the best tonal difference is to compare him to Aaron the Moor. Yeah. Right. Because Aaron the Moor is completely over the top. It's completely unbelievable. It's a cartoon, and it's a lot of fun. Iago is for me a million times scarier than Aaron the Moor because he's unfathomable and he's so believable. Um. You know, I don't know. Just... Yeah, I mean, I can't even really put him with Aaron the more because Aaron just I mean, they want they want to fuck up people differently. Like, you know, I- sure. Iago's a much he's a much more intelligent creature than Aaron the more. Well, I... and 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 the level of writing. Is, yes. Oh, my is God. Not, is night and day. I mean, it's what, 18 years later or 16 years later or whatever it is in Shakespeare's yeah. career. Yeah. And it's light years away. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it to compare those two plays, it's almost like two different people wrote them. Um, So, you know, Aaron is fun and he's over the top of what Shakespeare where I mean, to be able to write Iago is a, it, it's just a, an unbelievable achievement. Agreed. Um, and then the last one I have on my list is Falstaff. I have Falstaff too. Of course. Two, two roles that I, I mean, it's inevitable to have Falstaff. I and think. I think that's why you have the opinions about the Henrys that you do, because you played him. I think well, that, um, that has to enter into it. I, at some I, point. I mean, I had those opinions before I ever played him. Um what Hen- what Hal does to Falstaff is legendarily fucked up. Well, it is. But, I didn't say it wasn't. It is. But the the great thing about Falstaff is what a piece of shit he is. Oh my god. And then you know and he also, <laughs> you know, so he gets to be who he is in the Henrys, but then he also gets to be a Merry Wives of Windsor. So. Well, I don't even count that. That's <laughs> that doesn't that that's Falstaff. Let you know that's like the literally like the Saturday morning cartoon version. Yes, of but it's still Falstaff. It's it's well, those characters in that play bear very little relationship to the characters in the Henry ad. But 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 Falstaff in Henry four, one and two and Mary Wives, it's a fun addition. But the real Falstaff is in the Henry plays. But he's so smart and he's so funny and he had and he speaks a lot of like a lot of really profound wisdom and truth mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and yet if you if you look at his actions throughout both plays 
He's just a scumbag. He's a total scumbag. <laughs> he's just a he's a scumbag of such size, not merely physical, but such magnitude and scope. I mean, the only person in the canon who is his intellectual equal is Hamlet. That's it. Oh, yeah, okay. I mean, I'll seriously, I, I, I would say without a okay, maybe Rosalind, maybe she's pretty fucking smart. But Hamlet and Falstaff are the two. Like Hamlet is so smart that it, like that's why Hamlet has can't could never live in the world because I you know I always think like I always think like if you're it must be so lonely for people who have an IQ like one ninety and above, right? Yeah, I mean. If you have if if you were blessed or cursed with an IQ that's off the charts, who the fuck do you talk to? Right. You got to find somebody else who's off the charts. Right. And and they're not there aren't any. So uh, there aren't like seriously. I mean, I mean, if you are that smart, there's nobody, you know, I mean, yeah, join Mensa and maybe you'll find somebody and you can watch Star Trek together. But, you know, he <laughs> who Hamlet gets is, you know, is Horatio. And I actually almost put Horatio on my I list. thought about Horatio, too. Because I love that guy. I know. It's just a, a, you know, and I loved him even more after seeing uh, Michael play him. Michael. Oh, Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I, I, I just think that Horatio is a, is a, is a really good human. Yeah. But he's not, but, but he is not Hamlet's intellectual equal because nobody is. So it would be. Well, here's a play. Uh, you know, if Hamlet ever met Falstaff, what what would that be like? Mm, that would be fun. But Falstaff is obviously yeah. completely irresistible. So do you have anybody else on your list? I do. I have one last person. Okay. And it and and it's and it's a it's a little weird, but it's also it's personal. Okay. Um so I put this is my number I thought about it. It's just a it's a feeling. My number one favorite character in Shakespeare mm -hmm. is Mercutio. You know, I almost put Mercutio on. I love Mercutio. And what a what a um, troubled <laughs> he's all he's a Jesus. he's another one. He's another one with a brain. Oh he's so smart, but he's so troubled. Yeah. And but but here but also this is the thing. And it, this is why I say it's this is why I say it's personal. Maybe quite possibly. But um, I fell in love with Shakespeare in a lot of different ways. And, the you know, I've said a million times when my parents took me to see the Olivier Henry V when I was like 11, blah, blah, blah. But when I was in, I don't know, eighth or ninth grade, I had a wonderful teacher named Susan Sobel Feldman who introduced us to Romeo and Juliet. And the I loved, I fell in love with that play, of course. And the character of Mercutio is so fucking cool. It's he's so just, cool. He's, he's so cool. So, he's so self-destructive. Oh, yeah. He's so charismatic. He's so cool. He's the I was bad like, boy that everybody loves. I, I was just like, that's who I want to be. I want to be that guy. <laughs> to, to the, to the, I'm like a kid, right? I'm, I'm, in, I'm in middle school. And to the point that I actually kept like a little like before you you know i i kept a diary for many years like a journal oh but long, long long before i did that when i was in in middle school and high school i kept more of a 
kind of a kid's journal. And I wrote that, like every entry, I wrote to Mercutio. Oh my God. You're what such a, a geek. nerd. <laughs> right? So that's why it's such a nerdly callback to little tiny Owen. I, I fell in love with that character and that was like a total gateway to Shakespeare for me. So I'm not saying that Mercutio is like the best or even the most interesting of the characters that we've talked about. But for me, he's my favorite. Yeah, I can see that. I can totally see that. I think one of the first, one of the first performances of Shakespeare that I saw live that blew me away was John Vickery as Prince Hal. And I think that's one of the reasons I well, can, well, why he's on my sure. list. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was fun, Owen. That was fun. That was fun. Yeah. Um, so listeners, welcome to 2024. Check us out at www.thebardcasterdick.com. We got to do an update. We got some new stuff to put up there. We do. We do. So we'll be doing that soon. But if you want to support the pod, an excellent way when you visit our website, there's a Patreon page, there's a PayPal page to become a supporter of a patron of the pod. It helps us tremendously. And of course, there is swag, as you know. That's right. Amelia and Becky, it's coming to you. Woohoo! <laughs> Woohoo! And thank you. That's right. Um, what else? So, uh, well, and there are wonderful charities, the Entertainment Fund and Broadway Cares Equity Five Sades. And uh, I think that covers it for this week. Yeah, I think it does. You know, I was thinking, though, earlier we were talking about Kavanaugh that I'm going to be directing Nine to Five, which is so unbelievably sexist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. It'll be well, fun. what can you do? And remember. It's Shakespeare. Shakespeare. You dick. You dick. <laughs> <laughs> The preceding podcast was a production of Country Matters Incorporated. Copyright 2024. All rights reserved.